Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus. I am Dan Mundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. Before meeting our guest, I'd like to remind all of you about our partners at Bet Online. They are the number one source for all your sports betting this season. Get every play, prop, and point at Bet Online, and you'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, Masters, which just occurred. You name the sport, they offer it. Um, and they also include trends. So a fascinating a- analytics side of things on the site. Head to it at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Bet online, where the game starts. Episode 91 of the podcast welcomes Chris Bowen. He's the co-founder of Michigan Kicking Academy, and he's also a former all-conference kicker at Hope College. Currently, he is a high school special teams coach and a middle school teacher in Hudsonville, Michigan. Bowen has trained specialists in Michigan for the last 15 years, offering specialist form, focus, instruction, which is what led me to you. Um, you know, I, anyone who listens to this show, they know that I'm a process person. You know, I think results speak for themselves. I think our society is inundated with results. Results, results, results. And 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 on the algorithm, it feeds you, you know, the elite. And I think that kids get it twisted that those people, they just stumble into success. I think that someone like you realizes that it, it takes embracing the failure. It takes, um, you know, I guess being honest with yourself, where to start, where are you currently? What are your deficits? And what is the fastest way to climb yourself out of those holes? So that's really why I want you on this show and why I have my guests um, I guess that there's one commonality between the guests. It's that they've they, they've embraced the grind. So so I thank you for that, Chris. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you sharing this time with me. Absolutely, man. I guess we'll just start with uh, if you could just briefly. I mean, because there's a lot of people that probably don't realize that you know Michigan. I guess if we want to break it down in states, you know, I don't think it's considered one of the highest volume states in terms of uh high school kids and middle school kids that are actually kicking and punting and snapping and taking it uber seriously and i think part of that reason is because you guys aren't blessed with uh 12 months of training outside you know in florida we we get mad with you know a 20 mile per hour wind and i'm like guys it's (laughs) it's sunny outside we're not shoveling things to in order to have space to do a field goal so I, i i commend you for for again realizing that you know embrace that suck and deal with it <laughs> well we had 77 degree weather today well in a blizzard about a week and a half ago so you, right you never know what to expect so i guess g- give me the like the inception of mka which yeah. is michigan kicking academy yeah for sure so like a lot of coaches uh within kicking you know i was a kicker myself didn't have a lot of instruction growing up and didn't have a lot of coaches who knew what to do with kicking and it really I mean, I was a I was a pretty good kicker in college, but it wasn't until after college when I got hooked up with um, Philip Filipovich with a kickingcoach.com. Like um, Philip's just been a great mentor to me and, and somebody that I've connected well with as a, as a human. And we just really dove into just the mechanics of kicking even more. And so I realized that we needed a lot more of that in Michigan. Kids needed a place to connect. And so 
um, I'd been doing it just kind of on and off as a side gig for a little while, but um, I ended up meeting my uh, eventual business partner, Ryan Anderson, who uh, crazy enough, just signed with the bears uh, a couple days ago with your boy. So that was pretty sweet. But you know, when we met, we were both like, yeah, we're both Michigan born and bred and we want kids to have those same opportunities that we did. So we, uh, we started Michigan kicking Academy last year and we've uh, been servicing just over about a hundred kids on uh, the last calendar year, which has been awesome. So hoping to turn this place into a hotbed. I like what you said, uh, networking, right? You started with the name Philip. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher his last name, but yeah, I know him as the kicking coach, you know, let's keep it simple. Right. Yeah. Um, unfortunately we've never met, uh, but, but fortunately we, we do share a very, very important person, uh, Austin Seibert, you know, he's yeah. was with the lions last year and, um, Brad Robbins, you know, the punter at Michigan. Um, I've heard Phillip's name several times from clients that I have a lot of respect for. So I think it's neat that, we need to do a better job of this though. Right. I think ego comes in. And um, I think, especially if you start getting a couple of kids that make it on Saturdays and hopefully Sundays, I think a lot of people start smelling themselves. I call it right. They start feeling themselves a little too much and they start closing doors instead of opening doors or building bridges for that matter. So again, I thank you for this. I think this is just modeling good behavior. Um, I don't work for you. You don't work for me. We have a similar passion and we're seven to eight states away. So why wouldn't I build a bridge with you? And I think that absolutely I think that's the deficit. That's the, the that's the downside. That's the negative side of our industry. But I think that's com competition. You know, I think you're going to get that anywhere. Sure. Um, but anyway, so talk about parents, you know, like you have to deal with parents, too. Of course, you're the coach, but um, I think it's most effective when there's a rapport with both the athlete and the parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think parents want what's best for their child. And I'm often asked, you know, right away after they've had a session with me, like, so, uh, you know, we're thinking about going to this showcase, you know, or this ranking camp. And it's almost the first question I get. And instead of like what transpired in the training, like, oh, I saw you guys working on that plant. Like, what's the significance? It goes right to the things that I feel are least important which is stars and rankings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. And I don't, I'm not popular with this opinion uh, with a lot of people. I think there's a place for competition and I think there's a place for these, but who cares what I think? I think people know my opinion. I want to know what you, how would you compare and contrast the, the training experience versus yeah. the competition and ranking and kickball camp experience? You know, when Ryan and I were talking about MKA, the, one of the biggest things for us was what do we love most about kicking and this idea of coaching? And for us, it's, we love to coach. Like I'm a high school football coach, girl, soccer, youth soccer, youth softball, basketball, baseball. I love when that light bulb clicks for kids, you know, whether they're eight years old and my girl, my daughter's softball team or my high school, you know, varsity football players or college kickers. Um, it's awesome to see that light bulb go off and uh, you just get that rush, right? It's just that it's, it's almost like a drug almost like for us as coaches. Right. And so I know as an instructional service, like I'm able, I'm able to live out my dream that way. Whereas an evaluative service, it's, it's almost like a revolving door of kids. Just, Hey, let me evaluate. Let me evaluate. I'm really not giving instruction. I'm just telling a kid if he's good or not. And I don't need another service to do that. You know, like we can send kids out if you're elite enough, like we know those benchmarks that kids are going to go out and get a five-star rating, Okay, great. Tell them that right away so that that's not even something they have to worry about. Say, hey, you got to reach, reach some of these levels 
Cause you're going to be one out of a hundred and, you know, maybe 200 kids at these camps. I mean, you're not going to compete if you're kicking a 50 yard field goal off the ground as a long, you know, like that's just, that's a dime a dozen at this point. So we got to make sure that kids realize that, um, they should be building their foundation with, with an instructional coach. Right. And not leading them on to say, you got to see me every week. Like, Hey, why don't you go and get some instruction then go grind away for two or three weeks and then get to a point where you need more and say, Hey, let's get back together again. And let's keep going. Now I know that's a really unpopular opinion, especially for guys that make a living off from it. Right. You want kids to keep coming. But at the end of the day, I also want kids to understand that this is their future not mine. And you're not always going to have me. So go out and try the things that we've worked on until you can't do anything better or you're getting into a grind or to a out of your groove, so to speak. And then let's work again together. So I think you don't get that in a ranking camp environment. No, you show up, you say hi, and it's, you know, lots of social media, which is great, but I just see this pendulum swinging back and forth a little bit. And I feel like there's guys like you, uh, you know, Steve Roush, you had on the podcast not long ago, Philip, guys who understand instruction matters and that relationship with athletes and parents matter. And when they see that kind of involvement between you and them, that you're there for them, that um, they're going to stick with you. It doesn't take marketing to stick with you. It takes a relationship too. And so, uh, you know, families and parents appreciate that. And I think it's more healthy. It's a healthier model for kids. Special teams coordinators make a living off the success of obviously the the six or seven units they coach, but more importantly, like the catalyst is often the kicker and punter and snapper. Can can we build around that foundation? Right. So I think arguably the three most important positions that, that a special teams coordinator at any level from FBS down to D3 must have in place is people who can service us and fit the scheme that we're trying that our intended scheme if you will you know if it's direction right we're right hash right and you put it to the left hash or the middle of the field there are six people that are now obsolete in the scheme and i don't think specialists learn these things at kickball camps and ranking camps right i think they learn that through their trainers if they have one and i think what my purpose is in doing this show a lot of it is is again building as many bridges as I can to then say, I had a kid from Erie, Pennsylvania here this week. Um, I'll probably never see him again. And if I do, it might be like next year, you know, like I realized geographically logistics, it doesn't make sense, but instead what I'll do is I'll say, Hmm, who can help him? Yeah. Right. Who who can teach him the nuances of football? Because again, at these star and ranking camps, you're not going to get live operation. Right. Yep. Doesn't it doesn't exist. You're not going to you're not going to get direction. It's kickball. It is as far as you can and as high as you can do it. Sure. A lot. A lot of my kids can do that well. Yep. But a, but a lot of my kids have a very hard time making the next step. The most important step placement. Yeah. How are you? Are you can you put the ball where it needs to be with a purpose? And we can't account for that at these. And I think the coaches back to the special teams coordinators now what I prefaced, they realize this. So instead of like putting all of their eggs in one basket with who's number one at so-and-so's kickball camp, I think what they'll do instead is pull the top 20 performers and then go talk to the trainers, Sure, the train, the trainers of those 20 kids, because those are the steps you must take in order to make an informed decision. And these guys are getting paid anywhere from a hundred thousand to Jeff Banks gets 1.1 million at Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. you can't tell me they're not going to do their homework. And I'm grateful that they do. 
So um, I'll move on. We we spoke in pre-recording and I asked you to share some things that were like different, right? Because people can look you up. People can look at your Twitter, go to your, like, I get it, right? But one thing you did mention that you wanted to share was preparing specialists to be football players, quote unquote. Can yeah. you explain, like, what do you mean by that? So I was not a football player um, going into college and I learned that real quick. Um, I was watching my teammates go into position meetings, going into offensive and defensive meetings and going, Hey, you guys can leave, you know, you guys can go elsewhere. And I'm like, but I don't want to, I mean, there were days I did for sure, but there were days I sat in the back row and just absorbed because I knew I was going to be a teacher. You know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to coach. I didn't know football very well. I was fortunate to have a couple of hall of fame coaches at the high school I'm at. They kind of took me under their wing and uh, allowed me to have different responsibilities and learn the game. Um, and now I'm a special teams coordinator and call the offense for one of our levels. And, you know, I, I love football. I'm a football coach. And so I want, you know, if I get a soccer kid that comes in or an athlete who just wants to kick, I, I tell them, I'm like, Hey, if you're on the field with us, you're a football player. You're not a soccer kid who kicks. You got to know the game. We do surprise onside kicks. We do sky kicks. We, we do all sorts of things where you have to know the rules. you got to be able to tackle. So for me, like I want athletes to know the game, right? I want them to go to meetings, participate in form tackling, like go be another GA on this team. Like, you know, if it's a college program kind of thing, but go out and help your positional coaches, you know, be, don't be the tackling dummy, but drag the pad for them or, you know, go find work, you know, fill some water bottles and go, you know, if the guys are working hard and you're done with your drill work and you're not doing core stuff during practice, like, Go be a teammate. Just show that you're bought in. I think that's that's a big one. But then as a special teams coordinator, I really appreciate when my athletes um, watch film, not just of themselves, but like it's awesome when a like a couple of years ago, I had this three year starter and he's the one that's coming up to me going, hey, I think we can onside kick in this spot you know, just a, a no-show dribble, but I don't recover it. The guy, two guys over for me, you know, gets it. And it's like, that's awesome. Like he's seeing the holes in the defense and, you know, a punter saying, Hey, he doesn't catch the ball very well going left, you know? So let's not punt this direction. Like let's, I, I've seen him drop a couple that way. So it's like, great, you know, like let's get on huddle and dive into that. So helping kids understand how do you look at film? How do you watch it from a, a full scheme perspective? Because we're going to sit there with them one-on-one -on -one and do a lot of just, um, you know, looking at their form and drilling that because we're the only two that can do that. But if they can show their uh, their knowledge of the game, I mean, that's a weapon, right? I mean, that's a huge weapon. So I think the other side of it, though, Dan, is how do we how do they deal with pressure? I mean, we talk a lot about the mental game. You know, there's some guys out there that have a lot of experience with this and they, you know, they work through that. And I think one of the biggest things is being purposeful with your practice. You know, I was training a uh, a local kid here who's going out to division one at Colgate next year. He's awesome kick kicker only been kicking for a year, less than a year. So he doesn't, he doesn't know the game very well. And also he's just practicing for the sake of practicing, you know, not to give him little things like, Hey, you know, on this, you know, your next time you practice, you're only going to focus on your jab step, not going inside your line. It's got to be linear towards your plant foot or, um, you know, where's your belly button or your, the middle of your chest going to be at contact? Like, you know, all these little things that every time you practice, here's what I want you to do. So over a three week period, we don't have to do that again. It's going to be automatic and we, we can look at other fine details. So practicing with a purpose though, isn't just about that. It's about having a process. So every time a kid comes to one of our camps, 
comes to a workout with me, whether it's small group or individual, we do the same routine. We might mix in a few other drills or a few other things, but like you're going to, you're going to get a dynamic warm up. You're going to do no steps in some way, shape or form to really dial in ball contact. We're going to do one steps and full steps. And we're, we're, we're going to give you a process. So when you go back home, you can actually be a football player. You know, when we football players have everyday drills, those EDDs, you need to have them too. So every time you come to a workout, it's going to feel like you're, you've got a plan in place. Right. So for me, like, I think that's, that's a huge thing in preparation too, though, I think goes further. It's your steps, your alignment. Um, I was listening to uh, Brett Arkellian, right. On his podcast, he was with Adam Vinatieri and Vinatieri is like, every time I walk out in the field, um, it's my three by three square of turf. That's it. That's all I'm focused on. Right. Talk about a process sure. where you got these 16 year old kids, right. That are like, well, if I miss this kick, then people in the stands are, no, don't look at them. Like, don't be thinking about that. You've got a job, trust your process. So I think, I think that's a big one, but then you talked about failure. You know, we've talked about failure a little bit in our pre, our, our pre meetings. And, um, how, do, how can you be a model for failure on your team? I mean, they get to go play the next play. Usually we don't. Right. So in those, when bad things happen, how can you be a role model for how to respond? You know, don't blow up, don't go off and pout, you know, like 30 yards downfield, find your dudes, your trusted teammate, your coach, whatever, maybe internally pout for a second, but you got to get, you got to move on, go hit a few taps into the net, you know, go through your workout routine that you would do in a regular routine, like practice just to get your brain fired on. Okay. I'm routine driven. I'm linear. I'm doing these things. Like what are the mental messages you sell your, tell yourself to get re-engaged in that moment. So it comes to being a football player, man. Like there's a lot to it, but I just don't want kids to be like, Oh, I'm just the kicker. No, you're not. You're like, you've got, you got a lot to do, man. A lot on your plate. And I think that we were talking about this yesterday. Actually, it was funny the dad from Pennsylvania was like, have you ever missed a, a field goal? Like the big one. I'm like, everyone has. Yeah. If you, if you've played football, especially a kicker, you're, you're probably going to lose a game if you play long enough. Right. Hopefully not too many, but I think it's just part of it. Right. We're not flawless and things come out, things shine in the light that you did or didn't do in the dark. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think preparation is key. And, I'm trying to avoid the cliches, but, but I, 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 one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard from a coach was, you know, you listen to your body and your mind and all these things in training, but you tell it to shut up uh, in games because you've prepared. Now is the time to have fun. There's not, there's not things to consider at that point. Yep. Right. Because if you bring all the considerations and then the, the distractions come into play, that lady in 39 E over there in the section, that's, <laughs> you know, got your mom's picture hanging up, you know, that happened to me as a, as a freshman at Miami. I'll never forget. I was warming up pregame as my first away game. We're in Seattle. I'm freaking, I'm a Florida boy. I'm just out of my element completely. And I didn't hit my first ball. Well, I made it in, but it was like wonky, yeah. like the weirdest ball flight. And some guy over here in the corner that knew enough about kicking knew that that wasn't a good ball for me. So he immediately talked about it. And then, you know, I, I made, I, I, I corrected it. Right. This is, this is warmups, but I'll never forget sure. this. Right. It was a lesson learned. Uh, I, I'm moving around and I hit another one, like two or three reps later, like wonky. Cause I'm nervous. I'm tight. Yeah. Um, and then he starts saying my mom's name, Chris Lundy. 
what? You know, I'm hearing him and I'm not like looking and being like, how do you know me? But I'm hearing him. Yeah. And my roommate, the punter, Freddie Capshaw, was like, you do know he doesn't know you, right? He saw, he could tell, he was holding for me. He's like, you know, he got some program and he read, you know, mom and dad or so-and-so. That's, that's, that's it. That's the extent of that. Don't, don't take anything personally that anyone out there says. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever received better advice in all honesty yeah. than that, because I still do that, you know, and I, I struggle with it, but I try to remind myself not to take things too personally because uh, people's actions to you or to me or whoever, it's really, it, it, it's how they feel internally. If they're constantly involved in friction and fighting and, and, you know, social media banter that's negative, it's, it's just a reflection of how they feel about themselves. Right. So I got a vibe from you right away that I think you're pretty, com you're happy. I, I don't want to use the word complacent. I hate that word, but I think that you're content because you know that, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm passionate. And I think I'm in the place that I want to be to be the most effective and helpful. Right. I've always been that way though, Dan, Yeah. like for me, like as somebody who, you know, you're a young kid, you know, you're in twenties, thirties, everyone thinks there's more to life. Right. And how do you find, how do you, how do you find that you're settled in your purpose? Right. And you start to get different experiences and worldviews, you know, like I, I live in West Michigan, it's a bubble up here, right. It's a bubble everywhere where we live. Right. But once you experience new people and new culture and new, new places, right. You start to realize like live where your feet are at, you know, make a difference in your sphere of influence, right. Where you are. And then, and just love on those people, right? My sphere of influence right now is the state of Michigan through the, through MKA. And I love it. I've been to every corner of this state. There's not too many places I don't know, or haven't traveled or camped in or been places. Like I love building those connections. And then now I get a chance to use my passion to give back, you know, to some of those kids and form new relationships. So for, so for me, I'm really happy. Like, I, I find so much joy from what I'm doing through teaching and coaching. You ask my wife, like it never feels like work, right? I mean, you, you could be grinding away late at night. She's reading a book. I'm working. And it's like, this isn't work. This is fun. Yeah. So yeah, I love it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that a lesson learned for me in my twenties, it was tough times. I talk about on my show sometimes, like I, that would, if I could look back and I'm 40 now, like there was late twenties where times I'd, I would rather not live again or experience. And uh, I think that football saved me in a sense, but it wasn't just football. I think it was the realization of where in football that brought me happiness. Right. And I think kids should hear this, that, you know, Twitter and, and TikTok, all the Instagram, like um, it's toxic and the algorithm is meant to uh, have you want to covet, yeah. if you will. Oh, for sure. Right. The, the grass is always greener. And if it's not too green, then someone is going to be like Elon will find a way to make it even greener. So you're more appealed to what it is you don't have. And I think we can relate these things directly to back to football. I think kickers covet instead of work. Right. Instead of put their nose into the grind and figure out, well, what's the problem? Why am I not what I want to be? I think they it's oversight. And I think the, the the oversight is they usually don't have the guidance. And it brings us back to the beginning of our conversation. I think the important thing is, is to have a group of people around the country who are passionate and training and development on and off the field mm -hmm. as people, too. 
uh, for these specialists because it's a it's a critical role and it's a role that you're going to fail publicly and you better be prepared for those moments if you want to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, so I think it's much more than a ranking and a star. Uh, I want to finish with, I think I have one more question for you and I want to talk more about coaching. I think that um, the reason why I love coaching is it's personal, right? I can, I can kind of spin it the exact way I want to and, 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 and teach sequentially how I, how I feel it should go in terms of a story and maybe prioritize what I think is more important than something else. But I think that we all have a unique perspective and, and what it means to like build specialists and deliver information. Right. So could you share with me your coaching philosophy? Yeah, for sure. So for me, everything, it's not driven by um, the, so to speak, the X's and O's or the technique, right? That's there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, my coaching philosophy is really about humans and about the human heart. So for me, like uh, my first thing is you got to be humble, right? We don't know everything that there is. I, I can't fix everything in that moment. Sometimes I don't know, right? Like I, I'll be watching and we'll go through film quickly in that 60, 120 minutes. And you're like, you know what? Let's punt today. And I'm going to get back to you later this week. And that's okay. Like that's, that's failure on my part sometimes. But at the end of the day, like that's being a human and being honest with kids and saying, I'm not just going to tell him something that's an absolute. So I look smart. Sure. Right. So I want to, I want to make sure that we're doing the best for our kids. So if that means taking an extra day and then getting back with them, we're going to do that. Right. And I think, you know, kids, kids want you to be kind, but kind doesn't mean soft. Right. So we, we, we got to make sure that we're treating kids with respect. We're getting to know them. Like you said, with social media, they're savvy. They already know what fake life looks like. Some of these kids have 10 spam accounts, you know, like <laughs> out there where they're just posting stupid stuff or fake, fake personas of themselves. They know it. So <laughs> we've got to be invested in them as a person before we ever even talk about, um, you know, how do we fix your swing? Right. So I'm also a big thing about working hard. So kids need to kids need to know that I'm going to fly around the field. If I've got eight to 10 kids at a small group session and I'm the only instructor there, I I'm going to be sweating by the time we're done uh, because I'm going to be like, Hey, don't take this rep. I'm going to be right there. Right. So, and, and then we're going, so I'm getting kids on film. They're getting, you know, those parents as clueless as sometimes as they are, they know they're spending money and they're spending hard earned money. And I want to make sure that when they walk away, they go, that was time well spent. And so, but I want to model that for kids to say, man, he's, he's working his butt off for me right now. Um, I need to do the same outside of it. So I don't waste this time that we spent together. So, and then the other thing I want to model with kids and um, this, I think comes from my faith background a little bit, but I always remember that kids are made in, in, in God's image. And so for me, like, it doesn't matter if you're a person of faith or not. I just think that premise is true for everybody that every single kid who walks into training is deserving of my best effort. Right. So it's just uh, for me, like if I have that mindset, right. Like that kid's going to find success in some way, shape or form. Right. He might not be the best kicker. Like he might end up being the backup kicker on his varsity team, but he's going to put on that uniform on a Friday night and go, I'm ready to compete if my number's called. Right. Which is sweet. Right. To a, to a kid who then maybe goes and plays college football and then isn't the best of the best anymore and has to grind through things. Well, you know what? People cared about me and built into me. And I know that, you know, like the stuff that I've been given is, is going to help prepare me for those moments because somebody invested in me. I got I got it though for this with the philosophy side of things. I got to tell the story. 
So Eddie Jewett is the starting kicker for Ferris State University. Okay, he's a true freshman. Eddie is an eighth grader, um, seventh or eighth grader, came to Phillips camp at Grand Valley State. We're there every uh, December. And I happen to be his group leader, myself and Casey Lapata, former Michigan kicker from the 2000s. We like the little guys. We're both teachers, so we go hang out with the young guys. And he, that day, during charting, went 0 for 10 from 20 to 35-yard field goals and had an average kickoff distance of 14.6 yards. Tell me that you're not going to write that kid off at that point. Yeah. Right? I mean, we've seen eighth graders 47, 50 yard field goals right now <laughs> in our trainings. And here's this kid, right? And even more so, his high school team didn't win a single game for like two straight seasons. They only scored like 10 touchdowns his senior year. Okay. But here's a kid that this kicker in front of him, Marshall Meter, who just put into the transfer portal from Central Michigan, like unbelievable leg. And then he's got that model ahead of him. He's got people that in his life are working with him. He builds connections with the special teams coach, Jack Sugars up at Ferris State. And then he was five for five on extra points, two for two on field goals in the national championship game against the School of Mines this year. And they win a national championship. Wow. So talk about like a story, right? An unbelievable story, but because he surrounded himself with people, right, who have similar mindsets that I think that I do. And the people we like, we just care about kids. You know, we don't know everything, but we're going to help each other out. We're going to, we're going to treat them with respect. And then philosophy wise, like, yeah, we're going to give you really good instruction because that's what we know, but you're not going to trust this until we figure, until you figure out how much we actually care about you. And I just hope if coaches are listening right now, right. Being hard on, on kids, that's fine. Sure but you can't do it until you love them, right? You can't, you just can't do it until you love them because what if you're hard on a kid and he doesn't respond well, are you ready to then follow that up with a different way to attack the same problem? Because if you're going to keep being hard on them, you're gonna be like, well, tough love. Well, guess what? This kid doesn't do well with tough love. So can you find another way to communicate the same message? You know, you and I talked about with like, uh, you get out your barber saw, your shaving cream, right? And I'll, I'll use cones or I'll get out my, my stretching band or anything that's linear to give kids a, a mindset of how to build their swing. Well, that's, that's the same way. The way we deliver words too, though, I think matters. Do you have different ways to communicate the same message? And it's not just about the message, it's the tone or the, the delivery method too. So, you know, when it comes to my philosophy, I, I think, you know, it's broken down into those categories, you know, being humble and kind, working hard you know, made in his image, but that's also encompassed with my background as a teacher. You know, I think that's what makes MK unique and special. So. I love it. Wow. That's a lot to unpack, but I think what I'll say that's relative to it is, um, although it's said differently is I tried to, you mentioned earlier in that, that, that there, there comes a time when you nor the athlete knows the problem in the short term. Like you have the phone out, you both look at the rep it didn't go well and you're and you're looking at you know you're going forward and back and you're freezing it at point of contact and all these you know important moments of the kicking process right but for whatever reason you're at a standstill neither of you really know should we just do it again and just kind of you know you know those moments yeah but, but i think it's more than that i think usually when there's something glaringly wrong and it's evident to both you and the player um 
it's oftentimes what preceded that negative moment, mm-hmm. right? That led to the problem. Yep. And, and I think that that's life. I think that that's directly relatable to your fair estate example. Yep. I think that kid, instead of realizing that the end in mind, had he, had he just looked at the end in mind on the 0 for 10 day with 14 yard kickoff, um, he would have painted a very clear picture. He probably would have quit. Yeah. But instead, he probably said, what led to that bad day? Was it lack of preparation? Was it, oh, well, I've never prepared. So what is preparation? Whatever that journey was, he took it. Mm-hmm. And I think very few are willing to, to, to take it, especially after getting punched in the face like that. That's what I love about Michigan kids. Like, they're grinders, man. We work hard up here. I love it. He's a he's a country kid like me, where you earn everything that you get, um, for the most part, right? So he's he's a kid that's just like, well, I'm a good athlete. Like I can play baseball. I do all these other things. Yeah. Like, okay, so I wasn't good at it today, but I learned a lot. So if I learned a lot, what if I actually like take that and work with it a little bit and see some success? And he had a good mentor ahead of him too, in Marshall and Marshall Meter. So it's like. You know, you can see other kids like him having success and, you know, he had somebody to look up to and just go, hey, I'm going to be that kid or I'm going to try to be like him. So I'm just going to keep grinding away at it. Right. I remember going to the Silverdome as a kid and watching Eddie or um, Eddie Murray, the Lions kicker, take a ball and he would just spin it on the 50 yard line on the AstroTurf there. And he'd go back up and kick a 60 yard field goal in warmups with a spinning ball. I'm like, I was hooked. I'm in my Barry Sanders jersey in the upper deck, you know, just going, (laughs) this is amazing. Like, I want to do that, right? That's all it took. It just takes somebody for you to, like, spark that interest. And it doesn't matter if you have a bad day because you're like, I'm passionate about it. That's what I want to do. So trying to find that that level of kid who's willing to grind through things because they love it, right, that's unique. We got a lot of kids that want to kick, and then we got kids who are going to kick. So, um that's just it's just that different mindset. Eddie has that. It's been pretty sweet to see. It's it's one of those things you can't really teach, but I think you're a product of your environment. You know, hopefully, um, unfortunately, we're not really given the choice about who our family is. But I think that uh, something that's as you know, as a teacher, I taught for 12 years in the classroom. I used to always tell my students and my athletes was who you're around is who you are. Yeah. Facts. You know, whether it's in biology class whether it's on the field, whether it's at the mall, who you are around is who you are. Yep. And it was eye-opening to see some of the responses I'd get when that would come up. Because, you know, as a teacher, there just comes, there's times that there's teachable moments. And that was sometimes the lesson for the day. Yeah. You know, you might be innocent. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, you know. Um, so I think like to your point, I think that, yes, that kid, Morgan, whoever, whatever his name is, whoever was older than him. Yeah. Marshall. Yep. Marshall for sure was, 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 was a huge impact on, on where he is now. And he should be forever grateful for that because that gave him a model. It gave him an end in mind. And and I, I, I imagine they probably had a relationship where there were questions. Hey, did you ever have a bad day? (laughs) Of course I did, <laughs> yep. you know, like, right. Because I think back to drawing assumptions, you know, if you just go look at Twitter today, everyone's leading a perfect life in a mansion with a cocktail and it's happy hour all day. Right. I yeah. mean, 
that's the that's the conclusion I would draw if I wasn't informed. Uh, and that's dangerous. And I think we can get sucked into that if we're not constantly mindful of that's what it's meant for instead of being productive. Yeah, that's the nature of the beast with our businesses, too. Right. You know, like you, you put out great content to draw kids in. But at the end of the day, like when kids meet you, you realize like, hey, this <laughs> we're going to have good days. We're going to have bad days and we're going to be here for each other. But yeah, there's we're, we're gonna have to put out good content too. It's just it is what it is, right? Sure, and that keep and that keeps me honest. But um, well, I I don't want to keep you. I know you have a tight schedule, but I did want to ask last question. Yeah. If someone wanted to follow up with you, do you have like one or two ways that you prefer someone reaching out? Yeah, for sure. So our website, mikickingacademy.com, um, dot That's where you know you can fill out the contact form and get an email to us. Um, it's where you sign up for trainings as well, but also I'm really active on social media. So Twitter and Instagram, if you search for us just with our name, Michigan kicking Academy, you'll find us, but our Twitter handle, because Twitter's got that 16 character, 15 character limit. It's a little bit different. So it's just MI kick Academy, uh, Instagram's MI kicking Academy. I appreciate that. Yeah. I actually didn't know it was no C that's something new, but I'll, I'm going to tag that, um, in the episode notes but as you know chris we're available on i think every platform my network believe is is fantastic and i'm on places that you wouldn't believe i get it was neat the the furthest way i got was thailand and this kid's a soccer player and he just he found a football and i asked that was my first question that how'd you just stumble across well i found one you know like and it's just neat you'd be shocked at who might hear this um it's 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 been a wonderful journey and selfishly it was i wanted to network i want to meet people i think it's a platform that i can offer to guys like you to to share your story and in hopes that maybe a midwest guy finds you um so i want to thank you one more time for for joining us and it means a lot to everyone at fourth down focus that you were able to share information um and please give us a five star rating a review subscribe to the show Share it with a friend. And if you have questions, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the podcast, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. Uh, I'd prefer you just reaching out to Fourth Down U on Twitter, 4THDOWNU. But you can also check out my website at fourthdownu.com. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. And I'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And I hope the, uh, I guess we can call it spring now, is uh, is treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.